Good morning, brothers and sisters. To those that I haven't said good morning yet. Uh, it's, always, it's always a privilege and so it is always a great joy to stand here and, and, and speak to you. It's, it is a great responsibility. It is the Word of God. It is our eternal lives that are, are at stake all the time. <laughs> so this is a great deal. Uh, and I appreciate that you don't mind my broken English or my accent. That is wonderful. Uh, broken English is the most spoken language in the world. So I'm not, <laughs> not really worried about that. I never thought that I would use Twitter on, on, on a sermon, but earlier this morning I saw something that I, that, that I think it, it could be applied for today's message. Someone, someone tweeted, churches should evolve. And then you, when they say that churches should evolve, I, I, I think twice before reading the rest. Okay, but... The, Churches should evolve their methodology in order to draw in more of the unchurched. These canons should be done without sacrificing theology. The day of traditional church is over. And until churches understand this, Christianity will continue to decline in Western society. And then, your pastor... <laughs> Re replied, and, and he's absolutely right. I thought this, my 20s, my 20s and 30s too, mistakes. And then he lists three huge mistakes. It assumes that scripture is neutral regarding church methodology, and it isn't. Number two, it's possible to change method without sacrificing theology. Well, if Bible prescribes method, then you can't. And church can't thrive when contraculture. Well, but it does and has done through history. And then I added, every time a church adapts scripture to culture, it becomes a grotesque thing that resembles neither the one nor the other. It doesn't mean that we cannot have the language adapted to today's language, but we do not adapt the way to do church. I found that very, very, very interesting. There are people, especially now that we had this, or we are having this pandemic, people that they believed that alternate forms of doing church, I don't even like that expression, doing church, but, but uh, alternate forms of, of doing church, that they were legitimate forms of doing church, and, and not only extraordinary uh, maybe temporary forms, but they, but they, they really assumed that now Church can change. We can have we can have the so-called online church. Well, I think that if anything, this pandemic did was to distinguish 
the real church from those who were just playing some kind of religion. Um, so let's go to, to the Bible. That's, that's where I like to start and that, that's where I should have started. I invite you to open your Bibles in the Gospel of John, chapter 20. John 20, verses 19 through 29, and, and, and And what I and what I hear from these words is that what 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 we have been done, gathering together, it has been the right thing to do. I do believe, and I might not be able to convince you, but I do believe that the. There is a special blessing, or there are special blessings that God ordinarily gives us when we are gathered together. And that doesn't happen in online church streaming uh, sermons or whatever alternative form of, 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 of doing church. John 20, verses 19 through 29. So when it was evening on that day, and that day was the resurrection day. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side, and the disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst, and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger, and see my hands. And reach here with your hand, and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? 
Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. Let us pray. Oh, dear Lord, we thank you for your mercies this morning. We thank you because you have forgiven us. We pray, we pray now that you would, just like in this text, that you would breathe on us. That through your word and the work of the Holy Spirit, you would strengthen our faith. And bless us. Give us peace. As we are those in the text who did not see and yet believed. And we pray in your holy name. Amen. So know that the church must not evolve. The church must always go back to scripture. And the scripture prescribes the way we should gather together. And I say that it even prescribes when we should gather together in, in, in adoration to our God. I do believe that when we are doing what we are doing now, this is a public service to our Lord. When we are doing this, God is present here. Jesus is present here and now. And He is present in a special way to give us special blessings that ordinarily He is not going to give us any, anywhere else. I believe that he has set apart a special blessing for this very moment and for this very day. And uh, I don't think that I can prove that from this text alone. And I'm not going to do that today. You don't have to take my word either. But I believe that this passage passage. It shows us that Jesus, that, that we need to gather together so that Jesus will feed us and nurture us and, and bless us in a special way as God's people, as a gathered people in a way that we, He will not do, not because He can't, but he will not do because he has not set apart things to be another way. He set apart this holy gathering as the place and time when he would come and feed us in a special way. Otherwise, why do we do this? Is this just a social gathering? We just meet to see friends? Oh, we could do that on a Friday night. This holy gathering is a means of grace. And it, it is the ordinary means through which Jesus blesses us. 
But don't, don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean that if, if, if you cannot come to church for, for any reason that God will not provide for you with his blessings and with his spiritual food. But uh, let us not consider those exceptions as, as excuses not to be here. Let, let, let's listen to the text. It was evening on that day, that was the first day of the week, the day of the resurrection of Christ. Jesus' first appearance to all his disciples. As they gathered together. Was in the first day of the week. On a Sunday. The day of his resurrection. But then John is writing. It was evening on that day. And then he says, the first day of the week. Why does he say that? If you go back to verse 1, John is writing, Now, John 20, verse 1, Now, on the first day of the week, and then he tells the story. So he already said that it was the first day of the week. And then back on verse 19, he says, It was evening on that day. The first day of the week. Why is he repeating that? He's repeating that because it is important to know that that was the first day of the week. There is something that he wants to emphasize here. It's like he's saying, pay attention listeners, this is all happening on the first day of the week. On the day of the resurrection. Uh... A commentator said that Jesus was blessing and sanctifying the first day of the week. In a sense, all days are the same. We can be blessed by God every day. So we, we don't make distinctions between holy days. All Tuesdays is holier than Wednesday, we don't do that. But in another sense, Jesus is setting apart something special for the first day of the week. Another preacher says that Jesus was by, he was not stating, he was not given as a command, gather together on the first day of the week, He's not doing that. But, but by divine example, he's setting apart the first day of the week as his day. That's why we call it the Lord's Day. Jesus intends to bless his people in a special way on his day. And that makes every Sunday special. And they were gathered together on a Sunday. And the doors were shut. Because they were, they were afraid of the Jews. The disciples were afraid of the Jews. I, I would be afraid too. Jesus was removed from them. Jesus was killed. 
And now what? <laughs> hey, they killed Jesus. <laughs> Come on, guys, we, we are the next. <laughs> so they have a reason to be afraid. But instead of hiding in their homes, they took the courage to, 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 to gather together. Seal doors shut. They don't want to make it something public. Hey, we are here. Come and arrest us. But they took the courage to gather together, and they are together. And Jesus comes and stands in their midst and says to them, Peace be with you. So that's the first blessing. And I, and I believe from this text that that is a special blessing. Not something that God cannot give me every day, but, that, but something that he does in a special way as we gather together every Sunday. Jesus gives us comfort and peace on his day. Let me tell you something. For the past two days, I have been quite sick. So, I, 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 I'm not 100% right now, and I'm praying that that will not impact my, my delivery of the sermon. But uh, <laughs> when I came in, and when the service began, we, we sang those words, Come, let us adore him. Well, that is the calling for every Christian on Sunday. And for a few seconds, I really believed, oh, I'm standing in God's presence. It's like I'm in heaven already. I could feel his presence in our midst. He was already feeding me, giving me joy and peace and comfort. Peace be with you. Those are words of comfort. The Jews they killed Jesus and now the disciples they were afraid but then Jesus comes and says peace be with you. You have nothing to fear. I am alive and I am with you. Peace be with you. The Bible says that the disciples rejoiced. So their fear, their fear was instantly replaced by joy. I came here this morning with, <laughs> I was not comfortable. I, I'm still a little bit sick. Nothing contagious, so don't worry about it. But... <laughs> And that, that awkward feeling was instantly replaced by joy. 
These people, they were afraid. They were gathering together. They were afraid, and, 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 and instead of fear, now they were rejoicing. They saw the risen Lord. And that, in part, fulfills what Jesus promised them in, in John 16, 22. Jesus said, Therefore, you too have grief now, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. So how often do you have a perfect week? Never? Oh, come on. Never? Never. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's, that's the right answer. It's a, it's, a, it's a rhetoric question. You know that. How often do you have a perfect week and just come to church on the Lord's Day bringing nothing but your <laughs> week full of distress and fears and worries, problems? And then we get here, we gather together, and that is replaced by joy. How often does that happen? Did you all have a good week at least? Well, I know that everything was not perfect. It wasn't for me. Let me share something. Some of you know what my family went through about a year and a half ago. I'm so happy that we are expecting a baby girl. She's due August, late August. About a year and a half ago, we were expecting a boy. And in the 20th week, God took him. Oh, and I en envy him. Because since then, he's been in heaven with God, enjoying an imaginable blessing. But I remember that we, 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 we spent a couple of days in the hospital. We left the hospital on a Saturday. And our hearts were in pain, deepest pain that we have ever experienced as a family. Then we came home on a Saturday. And then on the Sunday morning, we went to our church and attended both morning and evening services on that day. So it was in the midst of the deepest pain that we rejoiced. And we can be here today on the Lord's Day and rejoice. When you entered through that door, you, you were not expected to, to, to just, oh, leave your problems behind. No, you bring them. How can you forget the things that have been happening to you and are happening to you? How can you forget it? How can you just turn it off? Oh, I wish I, there was a plug, that a, a switch that I could just like press and they're all gone. It doesn't happen that way. 
But then we come here, we gather together, and within all our pain, Jesus stands in our midst, and He says, peace be with you. And then we experience that, that, oh, that's a paradoxical <laughs> combination of pain and joy when we are with the Lord. I cannot explain that. But that's what I experience every time I gather together with my friends. Oh, tell me that it is the same thing. We could just stay at home and watch from TV. And why can we experience that joy? Because Jesus is alive. And he's present here today in a special way. And he is blessing us in a special way, giving us comfort and consolation. John 14, 27, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you so that in me... You may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. As we gather together, we are blessed with these truths. And then we gather together on the Lord's Day, we pray, we sing. We read the word of God. We do all these things. But listen, God, God still may not change the circumstances. He may not make our problems go away. Well, I know that because on, on verse 26, the disciples were still afraid of the Jews. Because when they gathered together in, in, in the next week, the doors were shut. But they were gathering together. And so should we always. Because Jesus is alive. And on his day, he is blessing us in a special way. Giving us comfort and consolation. Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail. We may lose our baby boy, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So praise the Lord. It is well. With our souls. Peace. <laughs> Not just a Christian greeting. It's a lot more than that. It's the very passing of God's blessing. A real blessing. Not mere words. Oh, but there's more about peace. 
What about our sins? Peace be with you are not just words of comfort. They are also words of reconciliation, words of, 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 of uh, assurance of our faith. You know what happened here this day? Oh, 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 oh. A few days before. A couple of days before. The disciples, they abandoned Jesus. Peter denied him. Peter. The other disciples did the same thing. <laughs> they ran away. We don't want to be found with him. We have nothing to do with him. The disciples failed Jesus. All of them. Well, there was John. Maybe he was the exception. He was at the cross. But the first words of Jesus to them are not, What have you done? I can't believe it. I have been with you for three years. And you ran away, Peter? You denied me? How dare you? Those were not his words. His words were, peace be with you. They have sinned terribly. They have sinned. Now what? Now God is going to come and, 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 and punish us. He will destroy us. We will be consumed. We betrayed God. What now? And Jesus comes and says, peace be with you, and shows the mark on his hands, on his side. Peace be with you. By Jesus' blood, he has covered and forgiven all their sins. When the Bible says that Jesus shows his marks, what I believe that John is, is, is trying to communicate here is that, here, I know that you were concerned. I know that you were afraid. I know that you were more afraid of God than you are of the Jews right now because you've sinned. But see, I have forgiven you. You are not at war with God. You are at peace. Peace. God is offering peace to you. I bless you this morning with my peace. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are a believer, your sins have been forgiven. And your debt has been paid. So as we gather together on the Lord's Day, we can rejoice because we have the assurance that Jesus nailed 
our sins to the cross. Why do we come every Lord's Day here and, 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 and read the, the, the confession and the absolution? We do it so that that will remind us every day. That the, it's this very blessing that will remind you every Lord's Day that we have been forgiven. And we must be reminded of that. Do you think that you, as a sinner, can come here and, and, and worship the Lord? Who do we think we are? <laughs> yes, but we have this assurance. We know that we can stand in God's presence because He has forgiven us. That's the first blessing. The blessing of peace. It gives us comfort and also assurance. Second blessing, Christ fills us with the Holy Spirit on his day. Verse 21 says that Jesus said to them, again, peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. As the Father has sent me, I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. And th this was a, a, a unique experience. And... and uh, that happened with the disciples. And, and it is somehow for, foreshadowing the Pentecost. When all the disciples gather together, well, you know the Holy Spirit comes upon them and empowers the church to, to do God's ministry. But on every Lord's Day, God gives us fresh power to proclaim the gospel to the world come let us adore us is not only an invitation to believers it is also an invitation to those who are lost come and adore the Lord and this is our mission We must invite those who are lost to repent and believe so that they can join us in adoration. So that the name of the Lord will be worshipped by more people. But as we do it, you know that we, we can't do it by ourselves. We need God's power. When the disciples were gathered together, Jesus gave us that power. I, 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 I give you this power. Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit 
will give you the strength that you need. He will give you the spiritual power that you need to go out there and invite more people to come and gather together. And I believe that verse 23 uh, pretty much refers to this uh, work of evangelism. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. That doesn't mean that uh, the disciples have the power to forgive sins. But it is as they preach the gospel and people get converted, then it is, it is, it is settled. Their sins have been forgiven. So you go there, you do the work of evangelism. And people out there, they will have their sins forgiven just as you had your sins forgiven. If they repent and believe, you can assuredly tell them you have been forgiven. Now come, let us adore him. If they object to the gospel, if they reject the gospel, then you say, well, your sins have not been forgiven. So that's what I understand when I read it. It is a difficult text, but that's what, what, what I understand when I... When I read, if you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. But we do all these things with the power of the Holy Spirit that we receive. And we receive fresh power every time we gather together. That's the point I want to make. So just, just, just to be sure that you got it right, <laughs> no man can forgive any other man's sins. But we have this privilege to convey the message of God's forgiveness to other men. And if they repent and believe, we can, with that same assurance, Tell them that they are forgiven. Third blessing. Christ strengthens our faith on his day when we gather together. Verse 24. Thomas, on the, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst, and said, Peace be with you. Well, the same blessing. And then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands, 
and reach here with your uh, reach here your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. Thomas was not with them on that holy gathering. When Jesus came for the first time on the resurrection day, Thomas skipped that gathering. He was not there. He was afraid too. And that was one mistake. That was one huge mistake. To withdraw from Christian fellowship is a huge mistake. A commentator says that Thomas sought loneliness rather than togetherness. And because he was not there with his fellow Christians, he missed the first coming of Jesus. We miss a great deal when we separate ourselves from the Christian fellowship and try to be alone. Things can happen to us within the fellowship of Christ's church, which will not happen when we are alone. Thomas missed all the blessings of the first day. Well, what an amazing thing just happened. After eight days, Thomas was with them. Of course, the disciples told him that they saw Jesus. The Lord is alive. Come and see. Now, I don't believe it. I have to see him. I have to touch him. I have to touch the marks in his hands and his side. I have to, I, I have to touch him. Otherwise, I will not believe. And they are gathered together. The Bible says after eight days. Um, so if they gather together on the resurrection days, uh, on the, res the resurrection day, then after eight days, it was a Monday. That's how I would read that. But it is actually another Sunday. Uh, because this is... Uh, in the Jewish culture, when you count the days, when you say after eight days, you consider the current day the first day. So it's it's in a, so we count the days in, inclusively. So when I say, oh, here's today, the and then after eight days, then this is the first day. The current day is the first day. So after eight days means the next Lord's Day, the next Sunday. Again, the first day of the week. So they are gathered together again on the first day of the week. (sighs) 
And what amazes me about that is that now Jesus has one disciple that is not believing him, that missed his blessings. And, and, and Jesus could have met him on, on Monday. Hey, Thomas, you missed it. I know that you were afraid, but be, peace be with you. He could have met him on Tuesday, on Wednesday. Maybe they had a prayer meeting on Wednesday. I don't know if they were Baptists or not. But, but and, and Jesus could have met them. And then, hey, Thomas, here you are. I'm going to bless you. Peace be with you. The fact that Jesus waits until the next Sunday tells me that he is by divine example teaching us that he sets apart special blessings for a special moment on the Lord's Day. So you missed it, and it's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be an interesting week for you. But I'm not going to visit you with this blessings until the next time you gather together with God's people. And then Thomas is there on the next Lord's Day. And Jesus says, peace be with you. And then he, said, he, he says to Thomas, Thomas, reach here with your finger. Oh, Jesus doesn't have to do that. <laughs> but, but he accepts Thomas' uh, terms. Oh, fine, that's fine. If you don't touch me, you won't believe me. Touch me. Reach here with your finger. See my hands. Reach here your hand and put it into my side. Just to not be unbelieving, but believing. But then listen to, listen to Thomas's answer. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. That's the heart of a believer. My Lord and my God. Oh, my God. My God. That man is not an ordinary man. He is God. And my God. <laughs> what a change. What a transformation. From a man that doesn't believe in the resurrected Lord. And now he sees the Lord and believes. And, and my brothers and sisters, it is possible, very likely, that Thomas didn't even touch Jesus. And Jesus accepted his terms. Come on and come and touch me. And the Bible doesn't say anything about Thomas touching him. The answer is, my Lord and my God. I believe you. And Jesus confirms that because he says, well, because you have seen, you believed. Not because you have touched me, because you have seen. <laughs> it is wonderful that Thomas didn't ever have to touch him. He already believed. He was blessed. Peace. You are at peace with the Father. Thomas, that blessing 
belongs to you now. And blessed are they. And now Jesus is talking about us. We are not, we are not here in, in, in chapter 20 of John. We are not these disciples here. We are those who came long after. They who did not see. And yet believe. And Jesus blesses us. Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. 1 Peter 1.8 says, And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Now listen, brothers and sisters, our faith is confirmed, is assured, is strengthened. On the Lord's day. Thomas lived with his doubts for the whole week. And then Jesus blessed him on the first day of the week. Oh, Jesus is powerful. He could have blessed Thomas any day. But he didn't. I believe he's teaching us something. I believe he's teaching us that there is a special, unique blessing that concerns our faith, our spiritual power, and our assurance of forgiveness that comes every Lord's Day. That God reserves for this very day and for this very moment. I know that many people, I have many friends that they have not been able to meet together as a church. And I understand that God will and, and, and has been extraordinarily blessing them. They are not going to lack any spiritual food. But I also pray for them that they will not get used to that. Because that's not the way God ordinarily does. No matter how you enter this place, that you may leave it saying to Jesus, my Lord and my God, today, I leave this place with my with, with my with an assurance of my forgiveness. I know that when I came in, I came in as a sinner. Maybe even embarrassed, maybe maybe ashamed huh, of my sins. But I leave this place with this assurance of forgiveness. I am at peace with God. <laughs> that we may live it with, with the heart full of comfort. 
and I am not the one who can breathe that upon you. But that, I know that Jesus is doing that right now, breathing upon us the Holy Spirit. Filling us, us with, with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we, we can go out there and with this power invite others to come and adore the Lord. And yes, we, we leave this place with our faith having been strengthened. We came here so that we can leave it, leave this place saying, Jesus, you are my Lord and my God. Put away every distraction on this day. Not lose the blessings that Jesus has set apart, especially for today. Well, if if where two or three have gathered together in my name, Jesus says, I am there in their midst. Well, what do you say about this very day? When they gather together for a special purpose, to worship Him. This is a special day. And I praise the Lord for this local church. Put away your fears to gather together. You didn't miss you didn't miss the spiritual power. You didn't miss the blessings. Let us pray. Dear Father, we, we praise you. And we thank you. And we know we know that we are not we're not worthy of coming here every morning, every every Sunday morning, and, and and worshiping you. We're nothing but sinners, and when we come in this room every Sunday morning, oh, we bring a lot of those sins with us. But we know that we're not coming in the presence of a God that has not given us forgiveness. We come before a gracious God, a merciful God, who offered His own Son to die in our place, to pay for our sins, to conquer our salvation, to give us eternal life. And the Lord Jesus that who died for us is not a dead Lord. He has risen. And He is risen. Oh, dear Father, and since the very first day of His resurrection, He has met with His people. And now we understand why He had to ascend. He did it so that He would meet with all His people. 
all around the earth. Every week. Until the day he comes. Dear Father, as we leave this place today, that we may live with the hearts full of your peace and the power of the Holy Spirit, believing, believing. We are all sorts of Thomas. <laughs> but as we gather together, we may leave this place believing. And this way we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you, Fabiano. All right, and now, brothers and sisters, may we... May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Peace be with you. You're free to go.